What's going on, Blue Jays fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Lucas Suisse. Of course, I want to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. You can find my work on Twitter, at we Sports, where I'm found on Sportsnet, ESPN, The Undefeated, The Toronto Star, as well as play-by-play broadcasting for Saga 960 AM Radio. The Locked On Blue Jays podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we're going to do another parlor type of game. Uh, as, as we gear up towards the holiday season as well as uh, the end of 2021. And I'm pleased to be welcomed once again by MLB analyst, Jen Smith. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing? Things are good. Things are things are good. You know, it's a couple weeks uh, left of 2021. Closer we're getting to towards... Uh, the 2022 MLB season, and that's always uh, very exciting, especially as the winter uh, weather starts to uh, hit uh, many parts of Canada where, 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 where we currently live. But I thought, Jen, that what we do today is play a game that I'd like to call Curiosities, where, you know, we have curiosities about the Blue Jays heading into next season, as well as even maybe looking back in 2021. And, uh, yeah, so you and I, um, you know, picked a few topics that we were curious about, and we're going to talk about them uh, today and and, uh, have ourselves a really uh, interesting and thought-provoking conversation. So the one uh, place where we're going to start, because I think it's pretty relevant right now, particularly if you are following a lot of what's happening around the sports world right now as it pertains to COVID-19. Now, We're not going to spend all episode on this, but as it pertains to baseball, Jen, I I think it's a really interesting curiosity, particularly as it pertains to unvaccinated players. And of course, the, the, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays being the only team in Canada in Major League Baseball, they're going to be faced with a very interesting scenario come the early parts of 2022 when unvaccinated players aren't going to be allowed into the country. Yes. So, you know, right now, unvaccinated pro athletes are able to enter Canada under a national interest exemption, but that exemption ends on January 15th. And there was an article written, uh, I believe, yesterday by uh, Chris Cotillo of Mass Live. And his article was specific to the Red Sox, but it was around this issue because the Red Sox were one of the MLB teams last season that had not reached the 85% vaccination threshold, which would have then just reduced certain restrictions for the team itself. So the, the, the thought of here, of course, is that the Red Sox have you know, several players and potentially staff who are not vaccinated. Chris Sale, Josh Taylor, uh, Christian Arroyo are reportedly unvaccinated and at least one of their all-stars. And so the, the article was just sort of, you know, speculating on how 
this might affect the Red Sox since they are scheduled to play 10 games in Toronto next season. And obviously, you know, this would have an impact on other teams as well. Even if they had reached the 85% vaccination threshold, if there is one or two players that have chosen to not get vaccinated, they would not be able to cross the border into Canada with their team. So they would have to be, you know, left behind for those games that are in Toronto. And then, so that, that could potentially affect the ALE standings right there. Right. And then the other issue too is who on the Blue Jays is not vaccinated. And does that then mean that they're not traveling with the team? So it is a really, it is really interesting because, you know, all teams here have the potential to be impacted. No doubt. And from my understanding right now, I mean, Major League Baseball is not mandating players to get vaccinated at this point. They obviously, like I said, you know, wanted to reach, you know, that 85% threshold. And I think as it pertains to the Blue Jays, like they're kind of caught between both worlds here where, like you said, it impacting the AL East standings. Like if you have a prominent player on an AL East rival that anytime they come to Toronto, they can't play because of the vaccination guidelines. That's a significant boost for the Blue Jays, right? Because they, of course, you know, have to face this team and what and what have you. And, and obviously, you know, for, for the team that they're facing, like that's a big loss. But I'm just thinking, Jen, from just the Blue Jays perspective, you know, dealing with players right now that are are unvaccinated. And, and, and the fact of the matter is they spend a lot of time on the road. And if you can't have a player play for your team because of their vaccination status, like not only does that impact the Blue Jays on the field, but it's got to impact them a little bit in the locker room too. I mean, for you know, I'll, I'll just use an example from another sport. The Detroit Red Wings and Tyler Bertuzzi. He's the only hockey player right now in the NHL that is unvaccinated. And I mean, there haven't been reports out there of any of any rifts, but I mean, he's getting chirped at all the time by opposing players. So it's got to create a little bit of conflict there in terms of fielding a competitive team on the field. Well, I would imagine that's where you know, players who are respected leaders on their teams come into play. Not that they're necessarily putting pressure on their teammates, but maybe it's that sort of sense of team that they might utilize in order to try to, you know, sway some of their teammates. And whether, you know, they should or they shouldn't is is a whole other debatable point. But, you know, you're looking at, at this scenario where, you know, as you stated, if, if we're talking specifically about the Blue Jays, right, half of their games are played in the United States. Right. And so that's a that's a lot of trips back and forth across the border. And if there are players on the roster that can't make that trip, what is then the subsequent impact on the team? And so it, it will be incredibly interesting to see how this plays out because you know 
we don't know and, and, we're, and we're not asking the question in terms of who would be impacted but i would imagine that you know every team has at least one player who isn't vaccinated and so depending on how important that particular player is to their team and you know the impact then that that would have it's going to become a really interesting point of debate for sure and I think the last thing I'll mention on on this, obviously, right now is just the amount of uncertainty that there just is at this moment. I mean, obviously, right now, I mean, if you're looking at the landscape of other sports leagues at the moment, I mean, you know, the NHL has, you know, basically, you know, closed down for the Christmas break. Now, the thing about the NHL, of course, is they have, a lot more Canadian teams, so the border becomes quite an issue. I also think that, you know, you look at the NBA and NFL, obviously they're getting affected by a lot of positive cases, but they're pushing on, right? So, and they're trying to figure out, you know, ways to obviously, you know, continue their season. But what you're seeing it, you know, it could happen, you know, in a couple months from now with, with baseball. I mean, very hard to predict, but I bet that, you know, people in the, in the Major League Baseball world are sort of thinking, well, you know what, you know, how is the new Omicron variant going to affect things? You hope that players, you know, get their booster shots, which are going to be even more readily available by, you know, the late winter, early spring. And then it comes down to, Jen, this whole concept right now that's being floated around among sports leagues about testing vaccinated asymptomatic players and what Major League Baseball is going to do with that. I mean, I know the NFL has adopted a, adopted a new protocol where, you know, vaccinated asymptomatic players, you know, they don't have to get tested as much as, as the symptomatic players do. So, I think these are all questions right now that are certainly going to be around, you know, Major League Baseball and 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 certainly the Blue Jays. I mean, last, you know, you think of Teoscar Hernandez last year, he missed time due to COVID-19 and, you know, it, it isn't going away, but you hope by, you know, the springtime, you know, with, with more, red, you know, with more boosters readily available and, and things like that, like I, I still see the protocols in place. But it's just going to be very fascinating to see how the Blue Jays approach this. But I really do think that, like the other Toronto sports teams, they have been, you know, ahead of the curve on this. And then they were certainly ahead of the curve last year on, you know, being one of the quickest teams, I think, to reach the 85% threshold. And hopefully, you know, that that trend continues and that they, and that they can play all of their games next year that, that aren't affected by postponements and, having to call up, uh, you know, minor league players to fill their spots, which is currently happening right now in other leagues. Well, uncertainty is the key word of the day, right? And so we, what we know is that this new rule is coming into effect on January 15th. How long that rule will remain in place is something that is uncertain. The Jays really don't have to concern themselves with this until they're playing games in Toronto, right? Right. And so who knows what rules get implemented in that meantime. You're right. They were ahead of the curve. They were one of the first teams to reach that 85% vaccination threshold. 
which is good news. And, you know, we'll see, we'll obviously we'll see once the season starts, I guess, where things are at. It is possible that Major League Baseball, uh, along with other other leagues, could implement some incentives for vaccination rights and and kind of go about it that way. The things way things stand right now, though, is that the Jays are going to play their home games in Toronto. Yes, that is the that is the way that it stands right now. So barring some, you know, catastrophe that causes them to have to remain in the United States once again, you know, uh, we are looking at a situation of, of multiple border crossings. And so I'm very interested in seeing how all of this plays out because, you know, as I said earlier, this impacts the Blue Jays and half of their games, depending on who on their team isn't vaccinated, but then all of the other teams, particularly the AL East, since they're the ones that Toronto plays the most, it impacts all of them as well. So does that in any way factor into what the standings are by the end of the season? Who knows, but it is definitely something to keep an eye on. With MLB analyst Jen Smith, this is the Locked On Blue Jays podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are doing a game of curiosities for this latest edition of the podcast. We'll take a break and come back to our curiosities in just a moment. But first, let's check in with our friends at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and extremely high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious, and healthy. So what's the offer? Well, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. This is the Locked On Blue Jays podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. Second curiosity, Jen. Charlie Montoya. Um, this is now going to be his fourth season as the manager of the Blue Jays. Of course, he came in 2019. And I think this is a big year for him. And, and, and you know, obviously, given where this team is at right now, when you think of their aspirations of getting to the postseason, contending for a World Series championship, I think a lot of eyes obviously are going to be on the players, but also Charlie Montoyo as well. What are your thoughts on him going into next season because I'm very curious about how he may evolve as a manager. Cause I think, look, the first season of him as the manager, what, what, what was a honeymoon period, the team was in rebuild, not a lot of expectations. Obviously the 2020 season was shortened. So it's hard to really look into that. I mean, if it were a full 162, probably wouldn't have made the playoffs, but they did make the playoffs with a 60 game season. Last season, of course, having to navigate the three cities, they fall game short of the wild card. Do you think he has to evolve a lot heading into next season as a manager? Or do you think that what he's done is the recipe for success for this team? 
Well, if you just take a look at last season and as you mentioned, everything that they had to navigate, I mean, was it a successful season given that they didn't make the playoffs? This is a debatable point, right? right. 91 wins to me says that there was some measure of success, especially given the backdrop of home games in three different stadiums and kind of keeping the team together and, you know, keeping them focused. And when you take a look at some of the developmental steps that certain players took, obviously that is not necessarily, that's not attributed strictly to Charlie Montoyo, but he is a piece of that. So, you know, the flip side is they didn't make the playoffs. So was last season a success? I would argue that it was, but then I would argue that 2022 needs to be more successful. Um, Now, Charlie can only do so much with the players that are actually on his roster. I don't think his managerial style is going to change all that much because I think his personality is what it is. He's not the type of person who is going to get angry and kick dirt or anything of that nature, right? He already seems to have a good relationship with the players, unless you started hearing, you know, whisperings that that was untrue, then it seems that the players, you know, like Charlie and play well under him. It's really hard. Like how, you know, what role does analytics play? We keep hearing that Charlie Montoyo is not making decisions all on his own, that there's a lot of collaboration uh, that goes into the decision-making, the the lineup, the bullpen changes and so forth, that there's a lot of analytics that is going into it. Um, so by what standards are we judging Montoyo? If, if he's to be blamed for certain things, then for what does he get credit for? I guess these are the sort of the bigger picture questions that I'm, I'm curious how you view them. Well, you're absolutely right that, that analytics play a much bigger role in decision-making when it comes to the roster lineup, when it comes to in-game decisions. And, and, and oftentimes you hear on the radio or, or different places of the quote-unquote computer making the choices. So if that were the case, I mean, you're absolutely right. Maybe Charlie Montoyo should not shoulder as much of the blame as he currently does on Twitter. I mean, like he, he's a polarizing figure on Twitter, right? Like it, it felt, especially in 2021 amongst fans, you know, there wasn't a game that went by where he wasn't trending. Right. And it was often, you know, right. fire him or, or the negativity and all that. Charlie Montoyo thus far from what we know is a player's manager. Right. I mean, he seems, you know, the, you know, the, he seems to create a really good vibe around the clubhouse. But I also think that that that's his method. Right. Like, I think like a lot right. of, we've heard from um, Mitch Bannon, for example, on a previous episode of the podcast, you know, talk about, you know, how that optimism, that positivity, him playing the bongos before games like that's part of him. That's part of him making, you know, the clubhouse, you know, a really fun vibe. And I think, but at the end of the day, though, Jen, it's all about winning. It's all about the wins. And 
I still believe, even though analytics have played a huge role in terms of decision-making, I still think that the manager in the big games, whether it's down the stretch in September or in a big playoff series, their decisions affect outcomes. Kevin Cash, Game 6, 2020 World Series, taking out Blake Selleck. That's, That's the classic... You know, analytics versus eye tests. And obviously, you know, you look at the eye test, maybe, you know, that should have been the case. But I just really do believe that for, for Charlie Montoyo right now, he's done a very good job. But now the temperature and the expectations are a little bit turned up and we'll see how he responds. Well, what fancy on the field is definitely you know, a fairly laid back guy. Um, And as you, as you noted, and I was going to note it as well, if you had not, but, you know, as Mitch Bannon pointed out, Charlie doesn't do things randomly. There is a purpose behind the things that he does. And if I can just take a a really quick sidetrack for for a moment, please. Fans, fans who use the fact that Charlie plays the bongos as if it's some sort of thing to be made fun of, really really bothers me you know it's it's a hobby it has a cultural element leave it alone yeah just stop stop using that as a point for making fun of him because it it does not come across well no that being said um you know what we see on the field i don't know what the players are seeing off the field. I have absolutely no, no way of judging that because obviously we're not in the clubhouse. Um, and you're right. There is a difference between adal- analytics and the eye test. I think Charlie Montoyo is under a microscope. I think he probably makes just as many wrong in-game decisions as other managers do as well. I don't think that he is, you know, way off base pardon the pun uh in comparison to all of the other managers in baseball sure some seem to be you know smarter than others or more tactical than others and you know perception reputation plays into that a little bit but you are right like they have to win they have to make the playoffs and one way or another when it comes to major league sports you know, the manager, the coach, whoever is in that hot seat when there are expectations, because they're sort of the face of the team. They're seen as being the decision makers. They're seeing be, they're seen as the person with whom the buck stops. So if the Jays are not playing well, uh, if they are seem to lack focus or if Montoyo seems to continuously be making decisions that don't work out, then I would absolutely say he's in, in the hot seat. And, you know, if, if the season is disastrous, he, he could definitely, it could definitely be his last season with the Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, like that's where it's, that's where the rubber is going to meet the road. Right. Is and, you know, obviously, again, you know, it's an unfortunate part of the business, I think, you know, I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes, you know, that voice, you know, gets tuned out eventually. Right. I I don't think it's at that point. 
as much as no, he may read either. Twitter. Like, I mean, again, and it's why, I mean, you can't always, you know, make Twitter the reality, like, because it's not reality. But I do think that let's be like, let's be honest when it's been a full season, 162 games, Charlie Montoya has not made the playoffs. So I think going into next season, I do think like, I know earlier in 2021, Jen, especially with the bullpen difficulties, and I'm not going to blame it all on Charlie, but I remember though, there were some decisions where he trusted guys, you know, yeah. i.e. Tyler Chatwood. Where you kind of want to know, and again, I haven't been a manager of baseball teams. I haven't been in the clubhouse, but I'm just speaking right now as someone who, you know, followed, you know, that, that, that tumultuous time for the team. And even I could have seen, well, maybe the going with Charlotte, Tyler Chatwood wasn't necessarily the best idea, but he did that. And, and, you know, and I, I think Charlie has a real soft spot for these guys, which is fine. But again, sometimes you have to make like the right calls to win now. And as we saw last season, like if they were able to win some of those games, they're a playoff team, right? So I really do think that as much as the season is a marathon, not a sprint, and you can't get hung up on a few games, I do think though earlier in the season, you're going to see maybe, and this could be Montoya and certainly the players, they're going to try to win those big games. Cause again, you know, it, yeah. it all adds up, especially when it comes to, you know, the season, you know, in, in making the playoffs or not. Right. And I, and that's sort of what I was saying earlier, right? If they get off to, to a bad start, he's definitely in the hot seat and, you know, it's potent, potentially uh, he could be gone, you know, before the season is even over, depending on how it's going. Um and definitely he made some questionable bullpen decisions. Every manager does, but they were glaring because, you know, there, there were times when you, you just kind of, you almost knew that the decision wasn't going to yeah. work out and then it didn't. And, you know, it, it, you could claim, you know, all oh, the benefit of hindsight, but when you sort of knew prior to the player, you know, the pitcher coming out onto the mound that it wasn't going to end well, and then it doesn't end well, it just sort of reinforces that, you know, the flip side is this team did not quit, right? right. It did not quit down the stretch. And, you know, you look at that uh, September 4th game, uh, sorry, that September 3rd game uh, against the athletics when they came from behind twice yeah. to win 11 to 10. And, and then, you know, they, they swept, uh, they swept the Yankees in four games and, and so on and so forth. You know, that, that's, that also says something about the collective. What role Montoyo has in that is absolutely impossible to say. So, you know, I, I would say, you know, you've got pros and cons for him as you do with every manager. There's, you take the good with the bad and, uh, but yes, there are expectations, high expectations of this team next season. They really do have to make the playoffs or at the, at the bare minimum, it's, it's gotta be, if, if they don't, there's gotta be like a, a reason to point to some, some sort of disastrous injury, something, I don't know, but yeah, he's, he's absolutely on the hot seat. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to the rest of our curiosities coming right up. But first, let's check in with our friends at Bet Online. 
BetOnline has you cover this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use our mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. This is the Locked On Blue Jays podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I want to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. We have a couple more curiosities to get into. Jen, you had one about the Jays and the playoffs. And if they made the playoffs last season in 2021 this is an interesting curiosity yeah i've i've always you know sort of wondered had they actually somehow made it into the postseason last year how they actually would have done and you know who would they have ended up playing if let's say it was a three a three three-way tie um you know how would they have fared against the red sox how would they have fared against the yankees you know how would they have fared against any other American league opponent, if they had managed to progress through the playoffs. And it's, it's just something that I'm really curious about because we keep lamenting that one game that kept them out of the playoffs. Had they gotten in, would they have been out in, in one game? Who, who knows, you know, uh, they were nine and 10 versus the Boston Red Sox. They were 11 and eight against the Yankees. Um, that was sort of an interesting ma- matchup because there were sweeps on both sides throughout the season, right? And, and you know, it was the Yankees that final series against the Yankees where the Jays dropped two out of three, and that was sort of a very pivotal point in the season. Had the Jays taken two out of three, that it would have been different, obviously. Um, but the Jays were definitely like the hot team down the stretch. So then it also brings up the question as to whether or not you believe there is such a thing as momentum in baseball. Well, here's what I know. The Blue Jays were one of the hottest teams in baseball in the month of September. It was exciting. And, and when, you, when you heard other teams talk about the blue jays they even admitted that like they even admitted just how scary it would be to face the blue jays in the playoffs in fact i believe it was the red sox who ended up choosing the yankees in that Mm -hmm. in that wild card game scenario because they didn't want to have have that possibility of playing the blue jays because that's how scary the Blue Jays were with their offense, with the good pitching that they had. The bullpen was coming on. It, you know, it, they, they were the hottest team in baseball. So I would say, though, that, again, you know, the, the magic of the baseball playoffs is if you get in, anything can happen. And we saw that, of course, with the Atlanta Braves winning it all in 2021. I do think, though, that the Blue Jays, as much as it would have been exciting, like I think they could have probably won a one-game wildcard scenario against the Red Sox or the Yankees, just given the pitching matchups and things like that. I still think they would have had difficulty with the Rays. I mean, even though the Rays did lose to Boston, 
The Rays have always been Jen, the Blue Jays kryptonite. And they haven't right. yet been able to, you know, turn the tides the Toronto's way. And I mean, the last series against Tampa Bay in the house of horrors known as the Tropicana Field is a perfect encapsulation of that. Like the Blue Jays had card gate, they, you know, had all these other things. And the Rays were just the better team, you know, top to bottom. And I just think that, you know, they, they play a really clean brand of baseball. And obviously, you know, that's what got them to 100 wins. I'm not saying that, you know, the Jays could have beaten the Rays. I mean, you know, anything can happen. But I think likely if they were able to sneak in is, you know, they, they win a wild card and then a tough, tough series. But they fall to the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I have a tendency to agree that in a in a one game wild card scenario against either Boston or New York, that the Jays could have won that game, right? right? Given the their lineup and the way the lineup was was hitting at that point in time, and you know you could have had I can't remember how the the pitchers lined up, but you know Robbie Ray or or Jose Barrios, right? You had you had good pitchers that you could have put out there. And I think the Jays would have had an excellent chance of beating either one of those teams in a, in a wild card scenario. The Rays, I think they would absolutely, they would have had a much harder time getting past, you know, as it was, um, you know, the, the Red Sox ended up defeating the Rays. Um, so would people have necessarily predicted that, right? I, I don't know. I think for whatever reason, you know, the Jays have all, historically had difficulty against the Rays. Anything can happen. I just don't know that the Jays would have actually gotten past them, but it would have been a playoff appearance regardless, right? right? And And that then also changes the narrative, I think, around the entire season, around Charlie Montoyo, around, you know, all sorts of things. So in building off of that, our final curiosity is about the playoffs and particularly expanded postseason because obviously right now, um, you know, newsflash, the MLB is in the lockout. Sorry to inform you, baseball fans, but they, they still are. Um, and one of those things that's, you know, going to get hashed out among the many other issues that the MLB and the MLBPA are figuring out is these sort of quote-unquote on-the-field rule changes and, of course, the expanded postseason. I think it's inevitable, Jen, that the MLB is going to expand the postseason. I mean, there's just too much money left on the table that, you know, the expanded postseason would be able to, to satisfy in, in terms of revenue. I'm not a fan of it. Like I personally am very strong in the opinion that the number of teams that they have currently is a good number. Like you wouldn't get what you had that final Sunday of the regular season with so many teams still alive and that excitement with, in expanded playoffs, probably because if it weren't expanded playoffs, the Blue Jays would have made it right with 91 wins. Right. So, and we saw it now. I don't think they're going to go that far expanded like we saw in 2020, 
Because that just felt like every team could get in. And then it just sort of devalues the regular season. But I do think that expanded postseason is coming. I think if that's the case, I think the Blue Jays got to then say to themselves, like, we're in, you know, we're in a pretty good spot then where we were with 91 wins. If we sort of get to that level or a little bit better, I think we're, we're, we're definitely going to make the postseason. So it, it'll be interesting to see, Jen. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I just think the issue to me more is the one-game wildcard scenario. Like, like that to me feels so punitive to play 162 games and then two teams have to play like a game seven for, you know, just to get into the division series. Whereas I think the number of teams in the postseason as it currently stands is fine because you want to make it hard to get into the postseason. Yeah, I'll go on record as saying that I do not like the idea of expanded playoffs because I think it devalues a, a good part of the regular season. And it also removes incentives for teams, front office ownership, to spend money and try to improve. And that in turn, you know, reduces, you know, free agent contracts and it changes trade structures. And I just, I'm not a fan of devaluing the product that is on the field for 162 games. From a Blue Jays fan point of view, it might seem enticing because as you said, the Jays would have made the playoffs under a 14-team expanded format, right? So, you know, it's kind of, which direction do you want to look at this from? Um, Chances are an expanded playoff format is going to be the way of the future because as you said, there is too much money involved to not actually go in that direction. And if you then take a look at the way the Blue Jays are currently situated, under an expanded format, they're actually in a pretty good position. Yeah. We know that they, right? We know that they've, okay, yes, they've lost Marcus Simeon. Hopefully they've got a healthy George Springer. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was almost the MVP last season. We assume that he will further develop. Same thing with Bo. Teoscar Hernandez looks like he's really come into his own. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, you know, they bolstered the pitching staff. So, yes, sure, they lost Robbie Ray, but they've added Kevin Gosman. We know Jose Barrios is going to be there. And so on and so forth, right? So, th- this team is well positioned to make the playoffs as constructed if the MLB expands the postseason, I just, I personally, uh, for me, it almost feels like getting in by default. I, I don't yeah. know. No, I mean, the MLB season is the biggest grind of them all, like compared to the other sports, 162 games, you know, a, a true marathon. And the problem is, is that sure. Like, 2021 presented a scenario where the Blue Jays are a really good team that should get in. But you could have other years or other divisions or other conferences where, like, the expanded playoffs, like, you get bad teams in. Like, like teams that right. should have no business of being in the postseason get into the postseason. So what does that do? It, it devalues the postseason product, right? So 
Look, I have a I have a quote, Jen. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And as it pertains to this scenario, I think the postseason and the push to the postseason is so exciting for Major League Baseball. Why interfere? But it's it's a revenue thing. Like that's what it is. So if it does happen, I think again, you know, it won't be a matter of whether the Jays make it or not. We had we, we had we had a listener question a couple episodes ago. Like, what if they didn't make it with an expand postseason? Then the alarm bells go off. Sure. But it does feel a little bit like you say, it game by default. It'll then just be like, can you get in? and win the division, which gives you maybe a buy or an easier path to the World Series, or to get in and have to do even more stuff. But it's unfortunate, but I think it's going to go down that road. Look at balancing the schedule and and do it that way. And, and, and it's not expanded playoffs, but you balance the schedule and then you actually would have the best teams making the postseason, right? You wouldn't have this disparity where in one division, you have to have 92, 93 wins to get in. And in other divisions, you have to only have 89 wins or or whatever the case is, right? So to me, that's where things are broken is, is in terms of the way the schedule is actually laid out. We're out of time, but this was... A very compelling conversation. You know, Chan, you and I are very curious when it comes to the Blue Jays, and I'm sure a lot of fans <laughs> are. And and hopefully some fans, you know, learn something new today and, and, and you know, get those curiosities in your head because they're going to be flowing and they're just going to be accelerating, particularly when uh, the new 22 season starts. But we are out of time for today for this episode of Locked on Jays. But before we let you go, Jan, where can people find you on Twitter? People can find me at baseball underscore Jen, and that is Jen with two N's. MLB analyst Jen Smith. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. You're not going to want to miss the next two episodes. Hint, they are Christmas holiday themed. So make sure to listen to those episodes when you get the opportunity when they drop. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop. For all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Locked On Blue Jays is also free and available on all platforms. So for this episode of Locked On Blue Jays, I'm your co-host, Lucas Weiss. We'll chat again soon.